I mean, Cardinals host the Mets well, tonight with Adam Wainwright on the mound. He's 0-6 in his last no, seven starts, allowed 15 runs in his last two starts. The Cubs now tied for the final wild card spot, but Marcus Stroman is out indefinitely with a rib cartilage fracture. No timetable for his return. The NBA will unveil its regular season schedule today, opening night reportedly set for October 24th with the Nuggets hosting the Lakers and the Suns at Golden State. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Thursday Bubba's boneless wings are half price. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Hi, Millery Condon. Welcome back. Hour number two, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you until. Well, just before one, Trent's plays of the day, Circus Sports sponsor those. Those are coming up bottom of the hour. Nick Gosen, he covers Iowa State for 24-7 sports. As promised, Adam Rittenberg joins us, ESPN. College senior writer for college football at ESPN, Adam Trent. And Ken, thank you for finding time for us. How are you, Adam Rittenberg? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing well, but kind of torn because this is such a... You know, you're just crawling out of your skin, right, from the time they cut down the net, especially if you're in a college market, as we are here in Des Moines, and waiting, crossing off the days till college football. Then you have the gambling scandal at both Iowa and Iowa State, the Pac-12 imploding, the teams coming to the Big Ten, teams coming to the Big... It's just different, and it's going to be a whole lot different next year, but it's kind of, I don't know, melancholy, or just kind of a different offseason all around, Adam, from where we sit. How about you? Well, it's been a busy one. I mean, I think we were all trending towards 2024 being a really important year in college athletics, especially college football with the arrival of an expanded playoff. You know, we knew that Texas and Oklahoma were moving to the SEC, USC, UCLA to the Big Ten, but certainly, you know, this round of realignment being as dramatic and, you know, arguably catastrophic as it was, um, you know, was something that I, I didn't see coming at this point, uh, and then you add in the, you know, what should be the biggest story in college sports, unfortunately, which is what's going on in your state with Iowa and Iowa State and the, and the wagering scandal. That normally would be the biggest story because you have athletes who are accused of wagering on their own, on their own events and events at those schools. You know, you have the, the situation at Northwestern. So there's been a lot of those types of, of, of things that have gone on. It certainly makes us excited for the actual games to begin, but it's been, Certainly a busy and important offseason. Really has. And we look at the future structure of college football and what it is. We know that there will be two years of the 12-team college football playoff, and then they'll send it out to bid and hopefully get money from where you work at ESPN and Fox, and everybody's going to make even more money in the future. But we have to figure out how the structure is going to be after these two years. How much work still needs to be done when we look towards the future with what happened to the Pac-12, the new look, Big Ten and Big 12? How much more work needs to be done when we look to the next set, uh, what, three years down the line? Well, I think think the key is is where it's all going to end up. Um, Is it going to end up with these, you know, kind of bloated conferences, three or four, um, and, you know, feeding into some expanded playoff or – is there going to be you know, kind of even further consolidation at the top to say, you know, these are the teams that are playing for a national championship and the rest of you, you know, there's something else you can play for. There's bowls, there's other things, but essentially, you know, this is the group and, and, and we're moving forward with this group. And so I, you know, again, I, I thought that was years away. I don't think it's years away now um, after what happened this summer. I think what's going to be interesting to see is, it, you know, if it is in fact still two separate 
conferences that are driving everything in the Big Ten and the SEC, you know, who is who is still going to be added and then who could ultimately be uh, cast aside. Because, it, you know, if it is indeed a, uh, a super league, you know, that's driven by brands and ratings and, you know, certainly the media companies and their influence, um, you know, we can all figure out which teams are probably not going to be part of that that are already in the existing mm-hmm. Big Ten or SEC. So, you know, I, I, that, that, and, and then again, I, I don't think that's necessarily bad. Um, because there's I think, an opportunity uh, down the line that I hope happens, which is to um, to go back to the way it was and it was doing successfully for decades and decades as far as all the other sports. You know, to have um, you know the Pac-12 reform essentially in the other sports, and um, you know, and, and Oregon and Washington and USC and UCLA, you know, competing with their Olympic sports in that region, which they should. Um, same with. Uh, the schools that just joined the Big 12. Uh, and, and so, I, 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 you know, that, that's what I get, I, I'm hopeful for down the line. But I think the immediate uh, attention is certainly around when does this coalesce even further in football to some type of Super League. And when do you think that ha- Is it five years? Do we have five years before this comes to a head? It, it may not be. I mean, I think that initially you thought now, now there, is, there are contracts in place and and, and, and that might be the timeline. Uh, the Big Ten obviously has a contract through the, uh, the 2029 30 academic year. Um, and, and so maybe that's the point where it happens. But, you know, we heard for a while that, you know, the playoff couldn't expand by a certain date and then <laughs> right. it did. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, these other things, oh, it's years and years away. It's not years away. I mean, let, let, let's, like, who are you kidding after, after the summer? Um, <clears throat> I think, I think that, so I think, I think everything is accelerated, but, you know, how it comes together and, all that will, will be really interesting because you, you when you essentially have you're in and you're out. You had a little bit of that this summer, but if, but if it gets to that Super League format and you truly have these teams are in and these teams are out, that's going to be uh, you oh. know, certainly a lot of a lot of attention and and uh, and a lot of feelings at that point. Do you believe that's a real possibility that we're going to see programs exiled from the SEC, Vanderbilt, from the Big Ten? your alma mater, Northwestern, that that this is a realistic scenario down the line within the next decade? Absolutely. Why, you know, why not? I mean, look, look at what's happened. Uh, now, I think it, you know, it, it would take a lot for some university presidents to have those conversations. But I also think that you can keep your, your traditional groupings in the other sports. This is, we're just talking about football here. And obviously football and the money that comes with the football media deals. But, uh, you know, if, if, if that's what is driving it, absolutely it can happen. And those conversations can happen because we, we already had presidents in the Pac-12 that were in that league for 100 years, you know, say we're, we're out and good, good luck to the rest of you. So is it going to be that much harder for them to tell, you know, Vanderbilt, Northwestern, Indiana, um, maybe even like a, a, a Kentucky or South Carolina, like you're out? I, I think I, I don't think it will at the end of the day. Oh, fascinating discussion. Mm-hmm. I, I still can't believe that the Pac-12 is, is going to be gone after next year. It's just it's hard to fathom uh, that this conference is meaningful as it was for as long as it was. And boom, blink, uh, blink, and it's over. So let, let's let's move. Are you ready to move on after this trend? Let's talk about the here and now, Adam. And let's stay in the Pac-12 because I know you, uh, you've been all over it. Uh, the quarterbacks in this conference this year, I mean, from top to bottom, it's hard to... You know, find a t- find a program that doesn't have one of those quarterbacks that you can make a case. Well, if all things go right and he has a good year, that this team could maybe overachieve what some think that they could. It's 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 got a chance to go out with a bang, doesn't it? It does, um, absolutely. Uh, and 
it's really an incredible collection of players um, uh, that, that are coming back. And, you know, some will say, well, you know, the Big 12 had a better group when, when, uh, when RG3 and Sam Bradford, but, you know, RG3 wasn't RG3 back then. I mean, this is what's unique about the Pac-12 group is that in terms of just returning production, it might be the best group ever because you have, uh, you know, several players that, that are coming off of incredible years in the conference. Obviously, the Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams. You have Michael Penix, who is the nation's passing leader at Washington. Bo Nix, who set uh, you know completions record at Oregon. Um, you know, Cam Rising, who led his team to back-to-back Pac-12 championships at Utah. And then you have some transfers. Uh, you know, Shadur Sanders had incredible numbers at Jackson State coming in. Um, you know, DJ Owungalale is a multi-year starter from from Clemson, you know, Jaden Delora and Cam Ward are returning players who are productive in the conference, and, and there's even more transfers. So it, it's it's a really incredible group when you look at it, and uh, you know, certainly sets up what would be an incredible final year if it is indeed that, um, and certainly will be that as far as this grouping of Pac-12 teams. Sad, sad to see it go away, and obviously your outpost now uh, going to be a new, new era there. The Quarterback play this year in the Pac-12 and across the country looks pretty outstanding. We got so many fresh faces out there, but, you know, Adam, the inevitable, is it just going to be Georgia for the third time? (laughs) How open of a season do we have here, and how many teams can win a national championship? Hmm. Well, yeah, it's never a huge amount, Trent. Um, Yeah, I think Georgia's certainly the team to beat. Uh, I, I think there's an interesting collection behind them. You look at both Michigan and Ohio State, the Big Ten, made the playoff last year. Michigan's made it two years in a row and returns a really good core of players uh, from those teams, uh, J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum, quarterback and running back among them. Uh, I think you can never count out uh, Alabama, even though they have some significant questions going into the season. And then LSU, your second year under Brian Kelly, won their division last year. They return an accomplished quarterback. In, in Jaden Daniels, some really talented defensive players. So can, is LSU a team that can take that jump? And then the Pac-12, you know, you know, I, I think USC would be really disappointed if it gets through Caleb Williams' tenure without making the playoff, and they've never made the playoff. So is this the year USC gets it done, or does Washington or someone else, you know, break that um, streak of no of no playoff teams from the Pac-12? I think it's be tougher for the Big 12. Maybe Texas has it in them. I, I, I'm not a Texas believer until. They, they, they do it consistently, but there, there, there's actually probably more teams right now as we sit here today that have that opportunity. Um, but, but I think as we see the season go on, it's going to become a smaller and smaller number as far as who can realistically make the playoff and then an even smaller number who can actually win a national championship. Will you be shocked, Adam, if, if Ohio State finishes third in the East and Penn State cuts into that Michigan-Ohio State uh, top, of the, uh, top of the division seemingly every single year? Are you buying Penn State, or are you down a little at all on Ohio State? Well, I think Penn State has been looking at this year as a potential breakthrough for them. Uh, they, they only losses last year came against the, uh, the Buckeyes and the Wolverines, one much more definitive than the other, uh, but they they feel that they could be better offensively and defensively um, this year than, than than they've been the last few years. So it'll be very interesting to see if they can get it done. They're obviously going to have to beat Ohio State in Columbus, which is very difficult to do. Uh, Michigan has given them all sorts of problems at the line of scrimmage when Michigan has really good teams, and we'll see if uh, if they can replicate that. But I think Penn State absolutely is a factor and. You know, again, Ohio State, I, I, I don't doubt Ryan Day at quarterback. I, I, he's done such a great job there, really at a school that does not have a history of elite quarterback play. 
to have three consecutive first-round draft picks under his watch. I think they're going to figure it out at that position. But there are some legitimate concerns. Offensive tackle, how are they going to be uh, in, at cornerback in the secondary? Are they going to be better uh, at times than they were uh, last year? And then is their running back position going to be more reliable? I talked with Travion Henderson a few weeks ago, and he just kind of went through how miserable last year was with all the injuries and being in and out, never really being 100% after the first few weeks. And so I'm curious to see if they're a little bit more balanced offensively this year with a healthy running back room than they were last year at Ohio State. Adam Rittenberg joining us from ESPN. Ritt, let's uh, jump over to this. The Big 12, a season with Texas and Oklahoma departing, as we mentioned. Longhorns are the preseason pick from the media. Are you a believer in this Longhorn team? Certainly have the talent. We'll see about the coaching. And overall, who do you like in this year's Big 12? So Texas is once again the most talented team. You ask any Big 12 coach for an honest assessment, and they will tell you Texas is the best team in the conference. Now, they would have told you that last year. And this has been sort of the issue at Texas, is that it's not a recruiting issue, it's not a talent issue, it's a performance issue. And so can Steve Sarkeesian get this group to perform at its, at its peak and, and win a championship in a league where it hasn't won in a very, very long time? So I'm curious to see if that can happen or if there's other teams that, that can challenge uh, Texas, uh, whether it's uh, Kansas State who won the conference last year, or TCU that went all the way to the national title game and might actually have some, some more depth in certain key spots than it had a year, a year ago. Is Oklahoma State going to be a contender again? Is Baylor going to be a contender again? And then Oklahoma, you know, again, their last year in the Big 12, it's a league they've dominated, but now haven't won for a couple of years. So very curious to see what they do. Texas Tech uh, is another team that I know they were just outside of the AP top 25, but certainly could have been included. I think deserved to be included. And, uh, um, uh, you know, a team that, that, that certainly feels like it can, it can challenge Texas after beating them last year. So you know, again, if Texas doesn't win this year, guys, <laughs> you, you know, we, we, we could be taking bets on, on when they're going to win a conference title again, because then they transfer to the SEC. It gets a lot harder. Yeah. And, you know, it's it, the, the years are just mounting of, of, of uh, the, since they last won a, a league title back in 2009. So big, big year for Sark, big year for Quinn Ewers, and was clearly a very talented Texas team. No doubt. Get you out of here on this. If, when, Pat Fitzgerald coaches again, is he in the NFL or in college football? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Um, you know, he, he received some NFL interest uh, a couple of times at Northwestern, and <clears throat> I could certainly see that as a route he goes where – you know, you don't have to deal with the transfer portal and, and NIL and some of the changes in college athletics. But I think he will have opportunities to coach in the college game. And uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes next and, you know, how he fits in because he'd fit in so well at Northwestern for so long. Uh, you know, how, is, how would his approach, as a head coach at least, transition to another, another college program? But um, I think it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't think he's going to be in a rush to do it. You know, his, his kids are uh, – our, 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 our two of his kids are still in high school or middle school. One of them's at Northwestern. So I don't think they're in any rush to, to leave the area, but it will be interesting to see when they do and where they go. Adam Rittenberg, ESPN College Football is here. Adam Rittenberg joining us uh, to talk about that very sport. Thank you, Adam. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the road. Appreciate you coming on, Adam. Have a good season. Enjoy it. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Adam Rittenberg, ESPN and ESPN.com, as we check in with our guy from, is he still based in Chicago? I believe he's out in the Bay Area. Oh, is he? Yeah. I didn't know that. I think he's been out there for a number of years now. 
Northwestern yeah. grad yeah. started in Chicago in, in mm-hmm. that area. Uh, good stuff out of uh, out of that. It's going to be a weird year, isn't it? It is. And you know, there was a possibility that this could have been the first year of the college football playoff mm. of the expanded 12-teamer, but they couldn't get their ducks in a row. Yeah. Now, is that a bad thing? I don't think so, the way it ended up. With everything the way it... it uh, we know that it's going to look like next year. Did you see the article that came out yesterday from the L.A. Times inside? Oh, Brady the, McCullough's piece? Yes. Uh, I, I did not. I saw it. I didn't click on it. It's really good. Is it? I haven't got all the way through it. It is. It's a Bible, but. Yeah. He used to work for the Kansas City Star. He Brady did. McCullough. And he, really good writer. Yes, he is. Some of the things, and basically the, the biggest takeaway from me is. All right, about thirty million to team. His presidents don't don't know a damn thing about sports, and get somebody involved that does. Well, they knew thirty million, probably that range. You know, you come back, ESPN's going to give us thirty. All right, we'll come back with forty and meet somewhere in the middle, and thirty-five a year. All right. And there was a professor at one of the places, didn't name the university, that said, "No, no, no. Your media rights are worth fifty million dollars a team." And the presidents bought it. And that was where ESPN basically said, no, the hell with you. Right. And we're going to the Big 12. Yeah. If they would have ex- gotten into negotiations, 30, we come at 40, we meet at 35. The Big 12 would be... Probably on the outside looking absolute, in, Trent. They would mm-hmm. have what is happening Brett Yormark talked to our buddy John O'Rand earlier in the week. I, I think I've your podcast... Did, oh, you listened to it? Yes. He admittedly mm-hmm. says, we got lucky. Yes. He got lucky. that It was more than just me... There was luck involved, and that luck involved was because the buffoons, and I'm, not, I'm glad they're buffoons, yes. in the Pac-12 drug their feet and thought that they, had the, they were holding all the cards. ESPN's holding all the cards. That single professor very well could have sunk the Pac-12. Well, the Big Ten did too, but yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's just incredible what could have happened, and... and I mean, look at get down on your knees, Big Twelve fans, because you're you're the benefactors here. Yes, holy mackerel! Yeah, it's a really and you know what? It, there there's um, a recap of Oran's podcast at Awful Announcing that was posted a couple of days ago. If you'd like to read, and your mark's very forthcoming. Mm-hmm. We got lucky, and they did get lucky. But you know what? Who cares? They're in Pac twelve. It out. Um, which is still weird, but enjoy this season because it's going to be so much different next year. Uh, Nick Olson is going to be here. We'll talk about Iowa State. Shieldhouse, Haycock, they met the media yesterday. We'll catch up on the quarterback battle that is still ongoing, apparently, uh, up in Ames. We'll talk Iowa State next with Nick Olson, Miller, and Condon. It's 1225 on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. KXNO. Trent Condon back with you. Are you a DIY landlord? Then you probably don't have much free time. Between finding tenants, filling out tax forms, repairing drywall, and answering calls about runny faucets and leaky toilets, you're not free to do much of anything. That's why you need Renner's Warehouse. When our professional landlords go to work for you, you're suddenly free to do a lot of things. Free to get a good night's sleep. Free to have dinner with your family every night. Free to take a vacation. And free to be so efficient managing one property, you're free to acquire even more. And one step closer to financial freedom. Go to renterswarehouse.com today to book your free home rental price analysis. Or call 515-528-4429. That's 528-4429. And feel free 
to remember this rhyme. DIY is no way to be. Call Renner's Warehouse and get your podcast. Wondering if your ruins of damage or aging? Call the trusted team at Wolf Roofing, like I did, to have them assess your roof. They're a local company with 30 years of experience. After a thorough inspection, they'll provide you with an honest, free estimate, help you choose the best product for your home and budget, then get your project done in one day. Wolf Roofing knows your home is one of your greatest investments. Let them take care of it for you. Call 515 225 8866 for a free estimate or go online casino Hi Miller Condon welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO John Anderson do anything for you John Anderson Just the commercial front little Charlotte she's as pretty as an angel when they sing can't believe she's out there on the front porch on a swing, just a swing. And what the hell are you talking? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty-four-seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a commercial that just aired. Oh, you were talking to Nick. I guess he's a singer. He's a country dude. Oh. I thought you were talking about the sports center no, anchor, no, John no. Anderson. No, that's a different John Anderson. Uh, Nick Oson joins the program. Hello, Nick Savis, Miller and Condon. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, guys. How are you doing today? I was curious about that one. <laughs> uh, doing well, doing well. Wanted to catch up with you, obviously. Uh, press conference yesterday. Uh, coordinators were available. Any players, Nick, or just uh, Shieldhouse and Haycock? Oh, yeah, Ken. Yeah, we got a lot of players. I think I spoke with four or five just myself. Outstanding. So let's get to them in a minute, but uh, let's go, I guess, first to the offense, right? Because the question that um, I think most people believe it's going to be Rocco Beck, but Nate Shieldhouse, the uh, new offensive coordinator at Iowa State, says that there's a legitimate battle between Cole and Beck. Was that your sense, Nick? Yeah, definitely, Ken. You know, I, I think that while it's, you know, kind of being portrayed as that, I, I do believe it's being legitimate as well. I think that it is a, a real battle between Rocco and J.J. Uh, for that QB position, you know, I get the sense that Rocco is in the lead, but kind of from what I have heard these last, we'll say week, week and a half, I think J.J. Cole has really stacked up some nice days as well. I think that Coach Shieldhouse, and the offensive staff are pleased with the progress of both respective quarterbacks. I think that, you know, maybe not everything uh, has kind of been perfect every single day, but I think that that's expected, and I think that it would actually be uh, maybe kind of a negative reflection of the defense if these guys that are a little bit newer were just coming in and, you know, completing every single pass. But I get the sense that Shieldhouse 
while acknowledging that this is a legitimate battle. I think that he's been really happy with how they've approached things in terms of supporting each other, uh, learning a little bit each day. And I've got Rocco in the lead, but I do think it's getting a little bit closer, Ken, as well. Hmm. Well, will you fall off your chair? And this is probably a question for Campbell towards uh, maybe the Tuesday press conference. I think that's when he has them. Um, it, say it is Beck. Do you expect to see a package or a series, rather, I guess, for J.J. Cole at any point? Would he you know, start Beck and then uh, you know, try to work Cole in just to get some playing time against you and I? Yeah, Ken, I think that if the game is, you know, I guess flowing in the way uh, that it should, I guess, for Iowa State, We'll see kind of the the margin that it is, but I do expect Iowa State to win that game. I think that Cole does get some looks early in the season. I I think that that would be a smart thing for his development as well as for the team right now just because it has been kind of so hyper-focused on these two respective quarterbacks. And I think that he brings, you know, an element or two uh, that Rocco may not, you know, right now. And I think Rocco kind of does the same, and I think we'll see – you know, a splash of Tanner Hughes here and there, here and there throughout the year. Uh, so I do think it's a great question for Campbell. I don't think it's one they would maybe, you know, say right away, uh, kind of for for the press and to kind of allow, um, you know, other teams to get ready. But I, I truly do think that whoever the starter is, you will see JJ Cole at least at times uh, throughout the season potentially. We've talked about Cartavius Norton, Eli Sanders, Arlen Harris transferring in. We've talked about all those guys. A new one, though, coming in I thought was interesting, the freshman Hanson, who played, what, in a wing T offense a year ago really? at the high school level. What did Shieldhouse have to say about him and maybe being in the mix as a freshman in the running back room? Yeah, Trent, you know, certainly not a new one for listeners of this show. That's right. We've uh, been talking say. about him. Um, really for a couple months now, but it was cool to hear – you know, it was kind of obvious to hear the excitement from Coach Shieldhouse when he got to those guys in the room. He started with Abusama, and I know you just asked about Hanson Trent. You know, I think he was finally featured in a highlight, too, that Cyclone Football tweeted out. I don't remember if it was earlier today or last night, but I, I've kind of harped on it just physically. I mean, this guy, he truly looks like he's two to three years into a college program, and he even has the build of, like, a potential – you know, quarterback or tight end, he's like 6'2", maybe a shade over, uh, well over 200 pounds, and it, it's obviously pure muscle. I think that with him, he's just picked up this offense so quickly, coming from a wing tee like you mentioned, Trent. I don't think that I expected him to be uh, in the mix this quickly. I, I'm not sure I expected Abu to be either, but just the way that these guys have come in, really taking this team by storm. I, I'll mention, you know, before we get further into the players, Cartavius Norton even told me uh, when I spoke with him, yeah, these guys came in ready. They're very mature. We can learn from them, even though they are true freshmen. And they're not just true freshmen, guys. They're true freshmen that enrolled this summer. Mm-hmm. So they didn't come, you know, back in January. I think it just really speaks to how ready they were when they came in mentally and physically. And I do expect at this point, Am I saying they're both going to start games this season? Not likely, but I think that they will be in the rotation, whether that be clearly running back early on or even just getting some early special teams reps as well. Before we move to Haycock and, and his defense, uh, I guess I'll just throw this open to you, Nick. What uh, When you were listening to Shieldhouse, could you sense excitement for any other player or any other position group? I don't want to uh, don't want to uh, pass that by without giving you a chance to you know give your opinion on what you heard Shieldhouse say. 
Yeah, you know, thank you, Kenna. I will say a position group that I know people will like to hear, and it really kind of gave me um, maybe a little validation or kind of just feeling feeling good about what I have heard, and that's the offensive line. You know, I think no matter who you ask, I'm not saying going to be, you know, go in five first-round picks, but I think <laughs> that it's a spot that could have a couple, one or two pros down the line. I really believe that. I think it's a unit that's going to be much improved. And I just did kind of a, you know, primer position battle type article. I had focused on, I think, uh, nine different offensive linemen. And I believe Coach Shieldhouse individually named eight guys. And he added a point of you could come in and, like, watch a practice and one or two guys are going to differ and kind of be the best depending on the practice you go to. So I think it's an area, man, I would really say 100% chance essentially of being improved. I think physically, I think that the mindset is in a different spot. And I think I felt a bit of excitement when he was talking about the RBs I mentioned, quarterbacks a little bit, and then certainly the offensive line. All right. We love new names because listening to our program, you're pretty hardcore into sports. You're a Cyclone fan. Nick, you give us so many great nuggets throughout the year, every single day that we have you on. And here's a new one for me. Guy that just signed working on the interior. We know Dom Orange, you've been singing his praises, going to be helping out inside Singleton. Zamir Hawk, fill us in on the true freshman and what he's doing inside what Haycock had to say. Yeah, so I'm going to give, you know, thank you so much, Trent. I'll give a little credit to Coach John Haycock. In addition to the way that he coaches, I think he does a great job, guys, of basically giving us, you know, a little bit of info without kind of getting too deep into things. I mean that to say, I think he gives you an idea of maybe who's impressed a little bit mm-hmm. without maybe saying where they are in the depth chart or, or anything like that. But just, and I don't have the quote, but I, I have my quick hits of what he said. He basically said something about Hawk, like, you know, he's, he's kind of built, like ready. He's got a good body type, but he's athletic enough to kind of make a little noise along the interior. Now, I'm not sure if that is enough, guys, uh, to maybe not redshirt. I'm not sure if you want to have to go to a true freshman at that spot already, but that lines up just based on kind of, you know, a a late addition in the 23 class, someone that got here this summer, uh, like you mentioned, Trent. I think that physically he came in maybe a little bit more ready uh, than that was kind of expected. I think that's something that the staff can help with from afar, just in communications with a commit in those five or six months before he gets here. And now I'm, I'm a little bit intrigued because quite honestly, I've mentioned a lot of names. That was one I had not necessarily heard as an impact freshman. I, I think that there's a clear top two or three at that interior spot. I think that multiple guys like Tyler Onyedem and potentially Toby Okole uh, can play inside and out. But just the fact that uh, Haycock kind of singled Hawk out, I think that shows, and this has been maybe my biggest takeaway of the entire summer, guys, this 2023 class came in ready. Mm. They have been pressed. They're mature. And you're going to see some of those guys this fall. And these next two or three years, I think they're going to be really starting to take over this show. I really do. It was an elite class. The staff loves these kids. And they've just impressed. There's really no other way to put it so far. Well, that's a niche. I love these new names, Trent, mm-hmm. that, that, that Nick comes up with. He was the lowest regarded guy in the recruiting class for this year. Really? A kid out of New Jersey. What kind of offers? Did he have a Power 5 other than I, I was I don't think? think so. I mean, not that that's a be-all, end-all. No, but, but, you know, and these are the kind of things. New Jersey, when's the last New Jersey? I mean, not a 
real big pipeline between Ames and New Jersey throughout the years. And yet, these are the guys mm. that hit. Recruiting yeah. is an inexact science. You know, I've got another name for you guys. Yeah. We've got we've got a section. Uh-huh. Sure. And this is one really only the hardcore fans will really know. Walk-on player, uh, I, be- I believe entering his, his third year in the program, but I do have to double-check that, Trent Jones. Now, I mentioned it once on this show last Trent year. Jones. But you know, you know somebody's really impressing if you not only hear it from a coach but also a player. And I had a one-on-one with Tyler on Yedem, and he said, you know, basically, this guy's really going to wake some people up this year. He mentioned that he's a walk-on, that he has impressed. And I think what's great about Trent Jones is he can play a little bit inside and out. Haycock mentioned him along the boundary. I think you're going to see him get involved in the rotation on the D-line. I really do. Number 89. Number 89. So now we know when we see who the hell is 89. Oh, it's Trent Jones. It is. Gosen told us that. And the guy you told us about early in the week, is Same, is that his name? Am I saying it right? Uh, Yep, Sam Same. So he's somebody, basically for him, guys, it's just a matter of time. I I got that sense. I mean, I've gotten it from, you know, checking around for months. and then That's the Will McDonald clone, right? Exactly. That's yep. what, you know, kind of the, the comparison. Okay. I won't say that, you know, about anybody. Just right. Will McDonald's a first round pick. <laughs> right. I yeah. get it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. He's the guy that if he reaches his ceiling, that, that's an all big 12 guy. All right. And, and that could be a future pro because you just can't teach some things with pass rushing ability, you know, twitchiness, athleticism. He's got to put on some muscle. I believe he's around 250. 220 still, mm-hmm. uh, but long term, yeah, the staff loves him. And when you see, you know, John Haycock getting excited about a guy already, I, I think the future is pretty bright. Uh, give us a player or two that you spoke to, Nick, and some of your takeaways there in our final couple of minutes. Absolutely. So, Cartavius Norton, you know, I, I think it's been great to just go back to this RB room. I think that two things from him I think he's in a really, really good spot. Uh, mentally and physically, he's finally healthy, which is a great thing for him and this team. And he couldn't really say enough about Abu Sama and Carson Hansen. So I really enjoyed my conversation with him. And then Tyler Onyedem, obviously you're going to go into your position group feeling confident, but he just seemed very, uh, you know, excited and, like I mentioned, confident in terms of the D-line group as a whole. They may not have a Will McDonald or an MJ Anderson, but just as a group, I think that line is going to be fairly deep, and I think they might be a little better at rushing the passer than I even maybe expected coming into this summer and fall, guys. Good stuff, Nick Oson. CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 sports. We'll talk to you on Monday. What do you got coming up this weekend, Nick? You'd like to promote uh, 30 seconds or so. Really excited about a, a Nick at Night, uh, one of my kind of feature-type articles coming out tomorrow. My readers have had probably the best group of questions I have seen, and it's just fun to talk actual football as we get a little closer to games here, guys. Indeed it is. Thank you, Nick. We'll talk to you on Monday. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Nick Olson. Looking forward to it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. All right, our final break uh, of the day. They keep adding sections at Kinnick, by the way. Are you watching this? Yeah, he, it's, it's unbelievable. They're going to put over 50,000 people in there. So if they have to move the court, which is originally going to be in the north end zone, right. all of those muckety-mucks that think they're going to sit in the suites and drink beer and watch this game. Well, they'll still do that. They yeah, just but won't... now they're going to have awful seats. Their fee won't be as good. <laughs> do you feel for them at all, Not Trent? at all. <laughs>
Miller and Condon back on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. WHO. Do you remember the last walk-off homer to win the World Series? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, Wolf Roof. The biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back and bigger than ever with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. Enter in Nevada, play from anywhere. Two ways to win and no rake. Play Circa Million. Make five picks against the spread each week with quarterly and full season payouts. Or join Circus Survivor, where you select one team each week straight up. Last the longest to win it all. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit circusports.com. your local high Not only does Central Arts provide a great environment for youth to play baseball and fast pitch, but they promote sportsmanship in the game, help players, parents, and coaches, and their relationship with umpires. Central Iowa Sports also donates throughout the year to local Iowa charities, along with donating the awards to the Iowa Miracle League. Central Iowa Sports, helping boost local economy by hosting local tournaments and creating great part-time seasonal jobs. Find out how you can get involved at CentralIowaSports.com Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Good morning, Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Like this tune. Yeah, it's a good, good tune. You don't play this very often. I don't. Uh, the last commercial this block, mm-hmm. you missed the John Anderson just a swing. I, I was really <laughs> off on that one. Um, but I was talking Olsen. I know you were. Uh, reminded me, we got one more umpire clinic coming up. Yeah, next uh, week, it'll be next Wednesday, the 23rd of August from 6 until 9 o'clock out at Holiday Park in West Des Moines. This is a free umpire clinic that Central Iowa Sports puts together. A lot of veterans that people will know fall trying to get into it, looking for maybe a youngster trying to get into umpiring. This is a great time to kind of learn as it goes. It is free, 6 to 9 o'clock. And uh, just to get involved, make sure you're on the list, jp at centraliowasports.com. Send him an email. And if you don't get the email, you show up. They're still going to let you in there. Absolutely. 6 to 9 next week. That is next Wednesday at Holiday. Because this it's not over. No. Nope. Just because school's back. When is school? Next week? Monday or Tuesday? Wednesday for West Des Moines and Waukee. I do know that. Gotcha. Off and running once again. And could you start when we were in Vegas last week? Mm -hmm. School started. Did you know that? That's ridiculous. My uh, friends down in Arkansas, they their kids have already started up. And but then you have like Minnesota, and they don't start until Labor Day. Well, Jack's going to be with me a lot because his preschool doesn't start. I know he's a big problem for you. Yeah. Right. Uh, he likes our little mini putter thing in there. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I uh, get a kick out of a little bugger. Uh, <laughs> let's make some money. Let's do it. Two picks tonight. And football? Well, give me the brownies. Getting How many four. points are you getting? Four? Uh, yeah. It's a preseason game. People going for two. Late, tight. Let's do it. Browns. Plus the four and... Well, we're going to stay on that Cleveland theme. That's right. The Guardians. What? Deet? Against Deet. I don't understand how they're a dog. It's Xavion Curry, who is so fun to watch. If you're looking for something tonight, and it's a quieter night in sports, and preseason football does nothing. Wayne Wright's already left the game down 10-zip after right. the third inning. Watch Curry. This young man, he is fun one. And Cleveland, how they just keep finding these pitchers. 
reclamation projects, guys off the scrap heap, or young arms like this. It's a live arm. Two Cleveland picks. Oh, boy. Indeed. All right, join us tomorrow, the final non-football Friday for a long, long time. <laughs> Miller and Condon, uh, thanks for being with us. Murph and Andy in five. The Drive with Heather and Sean, three to six. Morning Rush starts at every day at six. We are from 11 to 1 on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.